0: Thank you. I have one more sheet that I want to give to you. It's just something I've been reflecting on. Uh, we have been talking for a number of years. Oh, and I should say, while they're passing those out, let me just make a couple of let me make a couple of things, a couple of comments on major initiatives that are going to happen in 2018 that you can be praying for as well. Before we get into this, and one of those is obviously, I think you're aware that our friends from uh, the Berea Church have been worshiping with us on Sundays. And so we do hope uh, that we will continue to be able to expand our ability to, in, uh, to incorporate a- elements in Spanish in our services, uh, to, 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 you know, to do those things so that we can reflect, while they're at least with us, uh, the multi- multiculturalism that is true of our city. Over 20% of Winter Haven is, uh, is Spanish-speaking, and that's just documented. That's, that's those that we know. Uh, and so, it, what a what a trem- I'm just so so thrilled that we get a chance to to be with them and, and do that. Our hope is that sometime this year we will be relaunching them back out uh, with Oscar, and that they will that they will be a sister church of ours, a congregation of ours in the city, reaching uh, Spanish-speaking peoples and becoming a launching pad for other uh, for other Hispanic um, ministries and churches in Point Siena and. City, and Lake Wales, and wherever it is that God would call us to. That's our hope. So that's going to be a huge thing. That's going to be a really, really big deal that we get to do this year. So that's really great. Um, The the other thing that I just, just to put in your ear is, it is our, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that it's been pretty crowded. Uh, Capacity of this room is 265 people. That's 80% of what we can, of the, of the what's the of the rear ends that we can fit in these pews um and so it's just that weird thing right we've talked about this over and over again you you will never you will never consistently um fit more than about 80 percent of uh of capacity in a room so two weeks ago if you were here two weeks ago we had about 315 people that's like way above 80 percent right so we had one week where we went to 315 people guess where guess where it went to the very next week Right back to 265, 270, because we—it's it, it, just a weird—it's just a weird deal. You can't ever—you just—it use just, it just never—it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter what you do. We can usher. So we t- can we usher better? Can we? Can we kick the kids out earlier? Can we have the officers stand? I mean, no matter what. It, it really—it is a—it is a strange phenomenon that no matter what you do, you will never have more than about 80% of capacity in a room. And so uh, we are at a place again, particularly with our friends from Berea being with us, where we do need to consider going to two services. And so uh, our desire is to to do that, possibly sometime around Easter, because we will need to do two services for Easter. We won't be able to do Easter if we don't. And so we may uh, we've not we've not made a firm plan, but we may um, we may just carry on from there with two services. And be and I just want you to be ready for that. Because it is a big deal. We're going to need you in children's ministry. We're going to need you to invite your friends because if you remember what it was like the last time we did that, the room is less crowded and so it doesn't have the same feel, but there's a lot of room for us to uh, invite and reach people and that's what we hope to do through that. Uh, and so um, when we, but, but what we're going to do is when we go to two services, well, I shouldn't, you know, it's one of those things, never say never. I'm about to say something never that I probably will like have to eat crow for. Our intention would be to never go back to one service, unless we move locations. But even through the summer, uh, to ask you to move close and sit up front, and, and we're just gonna go for it because we believe it's what God's called us to do. We've talked about that. We can talk about that more. Um, the, the the other thing that I would let you know that's a big, kind of a big thing is um. Uh, we we intend this next year. Uh, Terry Henderson, who has served us so faithfully all of these years in leading worship. Um, Going to two services and, and some of those things, uh, we, he and the elders have decided together that we, we are in the process of looking for someone to, to step in and there be to be a transition that takes place uh, with, with him still being involved in the ministry, but, but not carrying such a, a leadership role in it. So pray for that. We're looking for the person that God would raise up. Uh, high standards. Terry's done a fantastic job and we are grateful and we love him dearly. Uh, but that is a transition that's that going to take place in the church. So please be praying for that. Uh, and if you know of, of anybody that might be interested, please uh, help us to pass the word and spread the word about that. So those are some things we, um, we're looking forward to, okay? So as we think about 2018, this, this sheet that I gave you, I just want you to, to see, reflect with me on a couple of things before we finish up tonight. And I, I you know, I just, if you notice there, I just asked this question, is church, church growth dangerous sort or of necessary? <laughs> Uh, and I, I put it that way because uh, in our circles, we tend to be kind of suspicious of these things. Church growth is, is something that is, is not looked on very favorably at times. And, uh, and I would just say to you, um, I think, I don't think we, we disagree. So do you see the three paragraphs I put, you, put here is what, why, and how? I really don't think there's any disagreement about the what. I really think where the disagreement comes in is when we begin to talk about motivations and, um, and, and how we go about doing uh, what, we're, what we're setting out to do. And by that, I mean, I don't think it's really in, uh, there's any debate that if you look at that first paragraph, that numerical growth is a sign of spiritual health. It was so in the record of the early church in Acts, if you remember, right? What happened? Peter stood up to preach and the spirit moved and what happened? Thousands of people, came to faith and, and came into the church and so uh, I, I think I think that was true then and I think it remains true today. It is not the measure of, of spiritual health and vitality but it is a measure and it's an important measure. The church exists, I think you know the scripture right to go into all the world making disciples and baptizing now reflect on that for just a minute. what is our what are our marching orders? go into the world, disciple, baptize so, increasing the roles of the church through evangelism and discipleship is the reason the church exists. Baptize, bring them in, right? And so, and so I think the, the you know, if, if the gospel is the power of God, then we should expect it, like Paul writes in, in and in, in Colossians, to be bearing fruit and increasing among us and from us into the whole world. That really should be our expectation. Church growth through the faithful practice of the ordinary means of grace Preaching and sacraments, evangelism, evangelism, discipleship, church membership, and discipline, and so forth, is the norm, not the exception, and it always has been. It should be. That, that's my contention, okay? Where I think things start to get a little funny, and where I think people start to get a little squirrely, is when you start to talk about motivations, where, where, where you dig down into the motivational dynamics here. And so if that's what—so we are hoping in 2018 that we see growth. We've been talking about this, but we really believe uh, that, that this year could be the year that the Lord, uh, we're praying that the Lord would do this among us. And so uh, if, we, if we believe that, then why? What are our motivations? What are we, what are we, uh, what are we driven by or what are we really, what's our telos? What's, what's the thing we're after? If you notice there, I say healthy things grow, but so do unhealthy things. And sometimes faster than healthy things. And so, just because something's growing does not mean uh, that, that it's healthy, but if it is healthy, it should grow. We should be motivated by God's glory, not our own, amen? That's, a, that's That goes without saying. We should be driven by mission, not by consumerism, both both pastoral staff and people in the church that should be true of, and so we're told in Matthew 6 to seek first the kingdom. So what is our motivation? Why is it that we believe, as you know, three years ago we said we really feel like the Lord would, would Have us grow to 450 to 500 people because from there we can more effectively fulfill the vision that he's called us to in our city. And here's some of the reasons, okay? And the first is uh, the gospel. I I, I think you're probably aware that in the majority of churches in Polk County, the gospel has been—this is a harsh statement. I hope you know my heart when I say this. Um, But in many cases, the gospel has been lost to either relativism or moralism. You know what I mean by that relativism. No such things, right and wrong it doesn't really matter what you believe. Just be nice. Everybody play nice. Moralism is you know do the right thing, believe the right thing, come to all the services, do all of these things, and if you if you check off all the boxes, then God will love you. Uh, there is very little spiritual power in our community. Among the churches, because there, there has been a, a, a gospel, a loss of the gospel, we desperately need a gospel recovery. And the gospel is the heartbeat of Redeemer. And so we want to call as many people, irreligious and religious, to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. We, we believe that the teaching of this church is a gift that we should try to give to as many people in the city as possible. And I hope, I hope you know that's not I'm not saying that from a place of bragging. Or boasting, uh, but but our our leaders dream of the day when Winter Haven is filled with churches in every corner that boldly proclaim the free grace of Jesus Christ from pulpits, where that where it is just ringing out all over the city. And so, uh, and so we really do believe to that end, we would need to grow. The second thing, the second motivation would be what we just call city, again, the majority of churches in Polk County have lost their ability to impact the, city, the life of the city, either because of accommodation or withdrawal. You know what I mean by those things? Accommodation means they've just, they've assimilated into the culture. Uh, there's, there's no difference, so there's no, there's really nothing to offer. Withdrawal is, ooh, the big bad world out there. I'm just, we're going to kind of stay back here and circle the wagons and be a little Christian ghetto and not really get involved in things. And so we believe that we have a unique and desperately needed vision for being faithfully present in the city. And, and here's what we've learned is that Redeemer must take the lead in this effort. There is no large influential church in the city with that kind of city focus, unfortunately. Brad's finding that out. There, there are faithful churches, but no large influential church in the city that can take the lead. That can really lead the other other churches out and we've done i mean we've started heart for winter haven and so forth we've done some of that but we're just limited by by our capacity and so we really do feel a sense of calling there but then the third thing is what we would call movement and we mean by that that we know that it will take more than one church to accomplish the vision that we have that we have to grow to a certain critical mass in order to have the manpower and the resources to strategically deploy in the city for change we need a large community of people of one heart and soul, like Acts 4 says, to launch and sustain the kind of word and deed initiatives we dream of, things like the things that Brad is doing in Hartford, Haven. And here's the sad thing. It has proven difficult to gain these numbers from other churches who don't share our gospel and city focus. We're finding it hard to find other churches who get excited about the things that we're excited about because churches only tend to like the things that are their ideas. So there's just not very much willingness to work together, and so uh, though we will continue to strive for this, we need a. Lar- this is. Uh, I'm probably this is probably going to come back anyway. We need a larger critical mass of what I would call redeemer people. If I make it through this without lightning coming down and striking me in the head, then we're going to be okay because this is, I'm, I'm being vulnerable here, okay? These are the things that I really think that I very rarely say. We need a larger critical mass of redeemer people to overcome the inertia of the religious community in our city. And so we, be, and so we believe those are, those are good reasons. Now, warnings, a warning is that as churches grow, they usually become more insular, and so the temptation is to become more organized, more staff, more or just better programs and so forth towards the needs and wants of those inside the church. What happens when you do that is it erodes mission. And so as, as a church achieves success in long-term stability, it's almost impossible for it to, to not begin to exist for itself and its members. That's the tension. We, uh, we desire to grow for the sake of city impact by giving fully trained people away, not to increase our cap- capability of providing the kinds of goods and services that religious consumers expect. And that's gonna be really difficult. Because as we survey our area, there are a glut of churches that have built AWANA programs, Christian daycares, other kinds of things to serve families. And I would say to you, we are grateful for these churches and we would encourage you to take advantage of the programs that they provide as you need. However, we are resolute in, in not putting our energy into building programs to serve people, but rather to put our energy and focus into building people who can serve the city. And there's a difference. You're going to feel the difference, and, and I think we already do, but we want to maintain that. So there's that idea of why. What are we motivated by, and those are some things, but then how? Lastly, how? How do we hope that, that God would do this? And here I, I, put, I just said this. You can grow a church through revivalism, and you can grow a church through a revival. Do you know what I mean by the difference between those two things? Y'all have not talked at all. Let's, what, what do you think is the difference between revivalism and revival? Anybody know? Do you know? Okay. 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 Anybody else? How would you see the difference? Charles Finney is the one that, that uh that well, revivalism is usually is usually used to refer to Charles Finney and, and some of the it is the sense of um. If you follow if you follow the formula, you can ensure the outcome. Okay, so Finney believed that if you wanted to have, if you wanted to whoop people up into an excitement, you just did certain things. Like, back it was a hundred years ago, so not quite like you get the smoke machine, and then you you sing a certain kind of song, and at just the right time you do this, and then if you just follow the right steps, then you can kind of ensure the outcome. You can get people really excited, and and you can make something happen. But you know, it was it was sometimes very uh, very short lived. Revivalism says uh, you go to a conference. Pastors, you know, there's these things. Pastors go to conferences all the time to be told, here's what you got to do. If you do this and you do this and you do this, then you can build a church. You know this, right? I mean, just, just, just do this program and then put this in place. And then, oh, if this happens, then you do this. And, and there's just a formula. And you follow the formula like you're baking chocolate chip cookies. You follow the formula. You can just ensure that something happens. That's, that's what I mean by revivalism. Revival... Is something entirely different. It is a genuine move of the, of the spirit upon uh, the people of God, and so you can grow. You can grow either way. Most churches, you notice, I say there. Most churches focus on doing what appeals to the religious demographic of a place, and doing it better than anyone else. Okay, more often than not, the largest church in a city is the church that has the best worship band. Why is that? right or that has the best children's ministry or that has the best youth, best youth ministry now those are not that's not those aren't evil things that's great but it, it, it's just an indication that people people tend to gravitate you can you can uh the most successful churches have a cool factor and so but what happens? do you understand what happens then so oh my church is not as cool as the church down the road and they've got all the people and i don't have any so what do i have to do I have to figure out how to be cool like them, or even better, how to be even more cool than they are. And then all the people that are there want the cool things, so they come to the cool church. That's, they leave the church that's no longer the cool church. Now the other thing's the cool church. And that is what is happening in the, you know, in 25, in the 20, last 25 years. The number of Christians in the city of Winter Haven have not increased. Uh, they've actually decreased by percentage it's just, it's just like we're this big mass of people that just kind of circle around to all these different places. And it's just a matter of who's got, you know, who's got the hot, young, not hot like as in who, he's hot, but just like cool, hip, you know, the hot, young, you know, youth pastor or, you know, the worship band or whatever, whatever it is. And again, those, are, those things are not I'm, not, I'm not at all disparaging those things. Um, But if we're not careful, it becomes revivalism. It can become a manufactured thing. Flesh gives birth to flesh, the scripture says. Spirit gives birth to spirit. And so uh, we want to strive for excellence. We want to have a great student ministry. We want to have a good children's ministry. We want to have great worship. uh, But we don't want to rely upon those things to grow our church instead of God working by his spirit. See what I'm saying? And you gotta be really careful. So uh, we are seeking a genuine move of God's Spirit, and so our focus, our focus is prayer. To be a praying community of Jesus' disciples, and so what, if look down there at the at the bottom, what what I'm praying for, I have a little prayer card that just has this on it: what what revival looks like, what revival looks like, and what we're hoping the next twelve to eighteen to twenty-four months for our church, what it, what it holds for our church is that we would begin to pray. That as we pray, that the Spirit would come in power. When the Spirit comes, the result is always an inner sense of joy and confidence and boldness to approach God um, because, of, because of the work of Christ on our behalf that results in a radical, um, expressive boldness that leads to witness in evangelism, which leads to radical conversions, which leads to growth. That's what you see in the book of Acts. And so what we're hoping is that if we would pray, the Spirit would come, and that the result of the Spirit really coming would be that we would get so excited about what he was doing, and we would get so free from our fear and our our self-concern that we would begin to look around at our neighbors and our friends and the people we work with and the people we play baseball with, and we would want every single one of them to know about the hope that we have and about the good news of of the gospel and we would do everything we can to share that good news with them and to bring them to church with us and to want everybody we we could possibly get to be a part of what god was doing among us does that make sense and out of that kind of boldness to begin to see not just a segment of the 17 to 20 percent of the people in the city that are already christian just leave church and come here but but some of the eighty thousand people in the city of winter haven who have no affiliation with the church that, that our growth would be from God working in our hearts to begin to invite those people that live next door and that go to school with us are at the baseball field or whatever, that we would come uh, to, to see them come and embrace the gospel and be a part of us. Is that, is that see thing you saying? Prayer that leads to spirit, that leads to boldness, to witness, that would lead to conversions, that would result in growth. And the growth would be just this, that we would grow deeper, In other words, more and more gospel character and competency among us, that we would grow larger, as we've said, that we would grow younger, uh, that that our church would be a church that when our kids go away to college, they dream of coming back and being a part of this church in their young adult years. That's what we want. And that we would uh, grow more diverse. We've prayed that. God's answered our prayers. Uh, and we're grateful for how he's doing that, and we pray he continues to do that. But we believe if God would do that, then that would be something that we could rejoice in, right? Now, I went just a little over. Thoughts? Thank you. I'm sweating. I don't know if that's what you mean. It's hot up here right now. So pray, pray, begin to dream about the people in your life that need to hear the gospel, begin to build relationships with them. We're going to go to two services soon. Get ready to invite them. Let's unleash a flood of evangelism in the city. Because there are are scores of people who need uh, to hear the life-changing message of the gospel. And they're on our hearts. Uh, and it's why we're going to continue to plant churches, and it's why we're going to continue to strive for those things. All right, so uh, that is that is our hope for twenty eighteen. Uh, God's going to do great things among us. We believe. So why don't we why don't we just finish uh, by praying? Can we do that? So Father, do this. We pray. Uh, we believe it's on your heart, and it is on our heart as well. And so we appeal to you for the sake of your great name. We believe that this would honor and glorify you, and we know that that is the thing that you desire most. That that the most passionate heart in the universe for God's glory is God. And so for the sake of your great name, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of those sheep that belong to you that have not yet come into your fold, we pray that you would come by the power of the Spirit, produce in us a boldness and witness that would result in people coming to faith and repentance, that would result in growth. In the ways that we've asked it in our in our midst, uh, we don't want that so bad, and so we pray uh, you do just that. Make our hearts ready. Begin to open our eyes to the needs of those around us, uh, and make us willing to say yes to whatever it is that you would ask of us uh, in this coming year. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for being here tonight. If you have any questions, you can come find me. Uh, but appreciate you.